Hey friends, this podcast is supported by Gooder. If you are looking for some amazing sunglasses, look no further than Gooder. Go to gooder.com slash another. Use the code another for free shipping on your order. Go grab some awesome sunglasses that are affordable, functional, and fashionable. The Breakfast Run to Tiffany's are my all-time faves. That's gooder.com slash another and use the code another for free shipping. This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. All right, so today I am sharing an episode that I recorded last year, and that is with the great Dina Castor. We recorded this at the Chicago Marathon Expo, and I thought with Chicago coming up so soon, I'm going to be in Chicago, by the way, and I'd love to see you there if you're going to be there. Um, I thought with Chicago coming up so soon, this would be a great opportunity to share this episode. We do talk about some specific Chicago Marathon things in the episode, but all around, it's just all the great Dina Castor things you'll be looking for in this conversation. If you don't know Dina, well, she held the American record in the marathon for a very long time with a time of 2.19.36 and the half marathon in 67.34. Pre-Super Shoes. (laughs) She's a three-time Olympian and won the bronze medal in the... 2004 Olympics in Athens and has also won both the Chicago and the London Marathon. Many of you have probably read her book, Let Your Mind Run, a memoir of thinking my way to victory. There's so many things about Dina I love. I've had her on the podcast a few times. We did an awesome live show in Indianapolis in 2019. One of the, the most favorite things I've done in my entire career. And, um, If you want to check back my original episode that I recorded with Dina, it was episode 88 on this podcast in November of 2017. Um, And that's the same year I actually ran my marathon PR and wrote the classic Dina Castor mantra, but I wrote that on my arm, define yourself. And I thought about that through the whole race. And so it's always an honor to talk with Dina. And I thought, great timing to have this come out. So um, I'll give you more details about my time in Chicago as well here soon. If you want to follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626, I'll be sharing more over there. I'm not quite sure what my schedule is yet, but I will be at the expo moderating some panels and uh, definitely cheering at the race. So I hope to see you there and to be able to cheer for you. Let me know if you will be there. I will also be at the Allianz Partners Richmond Marathon coming up on November 11th. I'm going to be at the expo. I'm going to be announcing at the start and finish line. And I hope to see you all there. It's going to be a great weekend in Richmond. Go to richmondmarathon.org to register. Send me a DM. Let me know if you'll be there. I cannot wait for this great weekend. I've heard so many amazing things about the course. So many people going for PRs at this race and being a part of it is going to be super special. All right, friends, please enjoy this live recorded episode from the Chicago Marathon with Dina Castor. 
Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here today. Dina, thank you for being here. Yeah, such a pleasure. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, who's read Let Your Mind Run? Okay. Okay. So you know that this is a treat, right? This is amazing. Uh, Dina, you just got your sixth star. How do you feel? Congratulations. Thank you. Two weeks out from getting my Abbott Six Star Finishers Medal, and I was shocked at how emotional it was. I wasn't, I was very surprised by that. You know, you have a goal and you obtain it and you think it's another finish line, um, but that, that medal in and of itself wasn't just getting to one starting line and then mustering up the strength to get to that finish line. It embodied six different journeys through very different parts of my career from, um, from my first marathon in New York City in 2001 when I absolutely fell in love with this sport. Is anybody running their first marathon? Oh my God, you're going to be hooked. You are going to be hooked. Um, and then years of chasing personal best to then being in the later stages of my career and really using running to define my character every day I get out there. We never want to add stress to our lives because that's just weird to do that. But to add stress in training, to get to that point of fatigue and doubt and rise above it and know that you have the strength to conquer that in anything in life, the marathon can really give us the greatest tools. And so at the end of the Berlin Marathon, my family met me at the 36-kilometer mark, which happened to be right outside of our hotel room, so it was very convenient for them met me there and I remember telling my daughter when I left the hotel that morning that I'm gonna see you at 36 kilometers and I may not look very good but I promise you I am having the time of my life and I saw them and I actually was having the time of my life so I smiled and I waved and kind of taunted them like race you to the finish line well they beat me to the finish line uh, because my daughter and husband were there to give me my six star medal so it was a very special day i kind of have a question about that race specifically 245 or 246 what'd you run 45 245 this is a woman who held the american record for 19 years what is it like running, like you're still running super fast, you're working really hard, but you know you're not running the times that you used to run? What's your mindset? I, that's a great question. I had a, a miserable experience in, my, um, in the two marathons prior to that. Did anybody run Boston 2018? Yeah, that was a tough one. The weather conditions were awful. Did you finish? Congratulations, Congratulations. <laughs> uh, because I did not. Um, I got pulled off the course at halfway with hypothermia, and it took me a few hours to recover in the tent before waiting for a bus to drive me back in time for dinner. Um, and then my next marathon was Tokyo, 40 degrees and rainy. Um, I felt like there was this dark cloud just following me around in life. You know when you have those little pity parties? Um, and I got knocked down, like physically shoved down twice in the race. I dislocated my shoulder. And so because I had my DNF, my did not finish in Boston, I was determined to finish that race. So my goal in Berlin was to ride that line of efforts that I could be really proud of and easy enough to have it be a joyful experience. So that's what I did the whole way. I just made sure that it was a balance of, of effort and joy. And I'm so glad that I did that to be able to enjoy the entire experience, all 42 kilometers. How do we experience this joy when it hurts? You got to make it up. I mean, you got to just fabricate it. That's when, um, that's when the really, really the 
lessons of the marathon can really benefit us that when the struggle, you know, we always think, do, has people advised you like 20 mile mark and beyond is kind of like when you have to get to work? It usually hurts a lot sooner for me. And I'm not sure why I'm, I'm, I'm abnormal in that way. But I think like, don't be afraid. Like, you know, discomfort. This is, you've got a tool in your pocket, some tool, you got to find the one that's going to work today. And the one that worked um, in Berlin, though it fails me sometimes, when my legs are starting to fatigue or the bottom of my feet are starting to get raw and having hot spots on them, I focus on a body part that feels good. And in Berlin, it was my arms. So I just pumped my arms. If my arms started failing me, I would have completely gotten outside of myself and looked for inspiring signs and taken on the cheers on the sidelines. You just got to work. And our job, every step of the way, is to find a thought that helps us towards our goal because we can act out on any one of those thoughts. It's going to get us farther away from or closer to our goal that day. And so our job is to just be in a place of cheerleading and advocating for what we're trying to accomplish. Are you guys taking notes? I hope so. That's so good. You mentioned your first marathon. What did you learn from that experience that you took with you? Because we've got some first-timers out here, right? Do we have first-timers? Yeah. What did you take with you from that first marathon throughout your career? I had been running since the age of 11 and had a lot of accolades in cross-country and on the track. And I chose to run the marathon to just build my endurance to make me a better cross-country and track runner. And what I learned on that day is that I had so much to learn. And it was such a joy to just be in a sport that I knew was just going to keep challenging me, but keep giving back to me. And um, and boy, has it done it. Did anybody run the 5K this morning? Yeah, 5Kers. The 5K this morning was so incredible. And on the starting line, as I was looking out at this sold-out crowd of people of all ages and abilities, I was thinking, wow, we have really chosen the best sport to be a part of. I could be on the basketball court with LeBron James all day long and have no clue what it's like to be LeBron James. Every one of us can identify and relate to what the other person is going through. So we can help each other out with the knowledge that we have and the journeys that we share. And so what a great privilege to be able to do that. This sport not only empowers us as individuals, but this morning on that 5K start line, I saw how it engaged families and how it really united a community. And so what a great sport that can offer so much to a vast amount of people. You can talk about the economic impact it has on this city and to see people learning the the culture and touring through the 29 different neighborhoods and uh, making those 40 turns. You know, there's 40 turns on this course tomorrow, 40 turns. What does that tell you? In my mind, I'm like tangents. You've got to run the tangent because you don't want to run 26.6 miles uh, tomorrow. Keep it at 26.2 and make sure you're running those tangents. So there's just so much to continue. Even after all these years, what is that, 21 years of marathon running, um, every journey, both the buildup and the race themselves, just continue to teach me how to strengthen my character, how to reach out and engage with, with other people, with the charities, with the first-time marathoners. And I just think what a great privilege that is every time we get out there. We have to talk about perspective a little bit. Dina's book, Let Your Mind Run, has been a total game changer in my life. And I know a lot of lives of the people out here. 
Can you tell us, like, what do you mean when you even say, let your mind run? I, again, just feel that um, our greatest quality as a runner isn't the fitness and our and our heart strength, our heart health, but it's that we get to strengthen our resolve every single day. And Yogi Berra had some weird quote about how the percentage of physical and mental that sport is, but in my mind, I know that it is 100% physical and it is 100% mental. And the day that you can get that out of yourself, does anybody know, that, has anybody experienced runner's high? Like getting in a flow? Do you know who coined the term flow? Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He's a, a, a psychologist. And I only know that because when I recorded my the audio version of my book, I was called back into the studio, which was a five-hour drive from my house, only to reread his name into the, into the microphone because apparently he has a lot of silent L's in his name. So Mihai Csikszentmihalyi coined that term. And that's what it is when you are just all in. It is effort, but it feels effortless. And it's because your mind and your body are in sync with the task at hand. And it is such a beautiful feeling. So I just think we have the opportunity under challenge um, to really bring the best out of ourselves. So I don't believe that there's good days and bad days. I believe they're just days. And it's our job to make sure we're getting the best out of that day, no matter what's coming our way. Where did you learn this mindset? Like, how did you teach yourself to think this way? I was very fortunate to have a great professional coach when I came out of college. His name was Joe Vigil. And he taught me that this is the program that works. You show up every day and bring it 100% every day. And we're going to get the job done. You've got to live an athlete's lifestyle. And I thought, wait, it's not just the hour that I'm in my running shoes. No, it's the entire day. How you eat and sleep and think all affect the the performance that you're giving. And so it really made me look at my whole life and analyze that if these are the goals out here, these are the decisions that I have to make to reach those goals. So I just became an advocate um, for all that was good and all that could get me there. And that's sleeping 10 hours a night and four hours in the afternoon. So I sleep more than I than I'm awake. It's making sure I pack in a ton of nutritious, rich food and and getting in quality miles and really making sure that I'm in the mindset to get be- the best out of those miles each time I'm out there. And I have I have days where the struggle is real and I've got to sit in my head and really focus and refocus and shift and mold and meant like just really like bend the um, bend the work until I get to a place of higher ground. But it's always worth it. What has kept you motivated? This is a a long career that you've had. And I know a lot of people out here want to run for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. What kept you motivated? It's always important to have a purpose. We can have goals to finish the race, to, um, to run a personal best and, um, or whatever your goal might, might be when your age group. But behind that goal should be a purpose. Um, really the emotional reason that you do this. Is it to defy a diagnosis? Is it to raise money for charity? Is it to be a good role model for your children or your students? That there's so many, I mean, there's 45,000 people running on, um, on Sunday tomorrow and there's going to be 45,000 different reasons why people are out there. But really hanging on to that reason, reminding yourself of why you're out there doing what you're doing is the drive. And it's changed over times. I was 
trying to run personal best because I really had this longing to understand my potential. And, um, and as soon as I had a platform, it was about giving back. And as soon as my fastest days were behind me, I had to, I had to reinvent that and figure out like, why am I continuing to lace up my shoes? And just realizing that I have built an entire career off of character traits that I really worked hard at. And if I keep flexing them, I don't care if my, if my, um, my triceps get flabby or my, um, or my, my, um, my quads start to sag over my knees. Uh, but I do care if my mind atrophies and I never want that to happen. So getting out there and really flexing my best self every day mentally is so important because then it shows up when you need it in life. When life hits the fan and scatters all around the room, you've got a cleanup plan because you're always in a, in a place of learning and growing. One of the mantras from your book is define yourself. And uh, that's always been super special to me. I wrote it on my arm when I ran my marathon PR. I'm curious, do you still like take that with you in your runs now? Do you have other mantras you're using? Yeah, define yourself is something that was actually developed here. Um, my mantra that I developed here for the marathon um, and getting through it because I found that in the later stages of the race, I'm like, my goal doesn't really matter. Like, who cares if I run a PR? Who cares if I win the race? Second is fine. Second is also good. And then, and then once second started getting hard, I'd say, well, it's a podium. That's appropriate. That's good. That's a, that's plan C. And then I'd be like, well, who really cares if I finish anyway? It's just a stupid race on a given weekend. Like I'm not like solving any world problems here. And as soon as I start to backpedal on months and months of focused work, I think you're right. This doesn't really matter, my time, what my watch says, but what does matter is my character. And when the going gets tough, I don't want to be known for giving up. I want to be known for giving or digging down. And I don't want to throw in the towel. I want to drop a hammer somewhere and keep this race rolling. So it just became about building character. And, um, and I've had so many mentors in my life before the Berlin Marathon. I was standing on the start line. I was in corral one with the professional runners, which meant I spent 42 kilometers getting passed by masses of people. And I remember standing there under this huge rainbow um, scaffolding where the announcer was talking about running being a um, being a sport for all. We welcome every oppressed race and uh, um uh, gender identity. And they just went on and on and how this, this event is so accepting. And if you believe in this, put your hands together and clap. And there was this roar coming from the, the crowd of, of participants. And I just like held my chest, like, wow, we're a part of this. And I thought, well, if I were to think of people in my life that can offer inspiration through what they've gone through, who would I think of? And what character traits could I take from them? And I immediately thought of the late Queen Elizabeth, who who reigned through so much, um, how many prime ministers she went through and how many U.S. presidents she met and a world war and a pandemic and everything else in between, uh, bad press, good press. Um, and I just thought every moment she handled it with such grace. So today I'm going to run with grace. Who else do I think of? I think of all of Ukraine and how resilient they have been, how exhaustingly resilient they have been over these months of war. And so I'm going to run with Ukraine's resiliency. And the last one was my friend Magnolia from Chile. 
who reminded me late one night in Las Vegas as I looked down the hall at how far our hotel room was. And she said, siempre digna, which means always dignity, like maintain your composure, girl, because you're not behind that door yet. And so my posture changed and I walked down that hallway and I got to the other side of the door and I collapsed on the bed and fell asleep for 10 hours. And so I'm going to run with Magnolia's um, dignity. And when the going got tough in the race, I thought of running with grace and resiliency and dignity. And my posture went from like slumped over and feeling sorry for myself to to standing up straighter and gunning for that next tangent. And so grabbing onto strength from people in your life, it doesn't have to be someone you're intimate with. It could be anybody grabbing that, um, grabbing those traits and running with them because when we summon that, we're actually living it out ourselves. So all that I've become is just a collage of people in my life. And so the inspiration is there. The, the excuses are also there, but I like to look over here at the inspiration to keep going. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I'm going to shift to Chicago a little bit. You had your first world marathon major win here on this course. Why is this course so special to you? Yeah, when I came here in 2005, I had an Olympic medal. I had the American record that had previously belonged to my ultimate mentor in this sport, the great Joan Benoit Samuelson, and I had never won a race. And so I really was gunning towards a win here in Chicago, and it's um, it was everything in my preparation to prepare. Has anybody seen Spirit of the Marathon, the documentary? It took place here in Chicago, documenting runners, different runners, as we prepared for the Chicago Marathon. And it really shows the diversity of our sport, really showcases the diversity of preparation and experiences within the race. Um, and so running running that race and having almost a minute lead on Constantina Dita of Romania that narrowed down to three seconds in the final stretch, I was sweating bullets trying to fend her off. Constantina Dita went on to win gold in the 2008 Beijing Olympics. So she got her win when it mattered a lot. Um, but it was a wonderful, a wonderful experience. I have been back to Chicago every single year since in some capacity, sometimes working television, sometimes just working with sponsors and other times racing. And I think my, my favorite race here was actually in 2015 as a master's athlete. And it was a really good lesson because my buildup was terrible. Did anybody have kind of a rocky buildup for this race? So my buildup, it was California wildfires that canceled practice on some days. I had terrible allergies to the sagebrush that was in full bloom, that buildup. And I also got the flu two weeks before the race. And I just thought, three strikes, you're out. That's the, that's the saying, right? So I'm out. I'm not going to run Chicago. And my husband said, I am so shocked that this is what you're focusing on because you also got in your longest long run in over a decade. You got in your longest tempo run of your entire career and you're still hitting sub five minutes on your mile repeat. So despite the excuses you're piling up for yourself, I'd say you're pretty darn ready. And I thought, I'll be darn. Both of these stories are my reality. But only one side is going to really help me to that finish line. So I dropped the excuses immediately and held on to the reasons I should succeed in that race. And I committed those reasons to memory. I just thought them through and thought them through. And as soon as doubt trickled in my mind, I reminded myself of that long run, of those mile repeats, of that tempo run. And I lined up on the starting line, seeped in belief. 
and the gun went off and I missed my first water bottle at the 5k and I thought that's it and then I thought wait a second that's not it we've got a long way to go here let's just grab some Gatorade on the side of the course so I grabbed cups of Gatorade to get those cal- those critical calories in because I wasn't thirsty at 5k but it's important to drink then while um, before you get thirsty or you're in need of calories and then I got tripped in the race and it created a hitch in my stride and so all these things were going wrong along the way. I wanted to break the master's record that day. And there were so many excuses I could have used along the way that I would have been fine repeating in my head and settling with. But instead, I just kept after it. And I was able to run my goal that day. But with every choice, I had an opportunity to back out. And it's just proof that you never should. You should keep pushing. You should keep applying yourself. You could keep shifting your thoughts and making sure you're the best version of yourself in the step that you're in. Because if you do that and you reach that finish line, even if you didn't reach your goal, you can be so proud of the effort because you knew you gave it your best that day. All right, friends. I want to thank 2B4 for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This is a unique pre-workout that is made up of blackcurrant berries grown in New Zealand that contain high levels of antioxidants called anthocyanins. Blackcurrant anthocyanins are science-backed and benefit-packed. Blackcurrant berries improve your endurance, they kickstart your recovery, and they strengthen your immunity. You can drink it daily 30 to 45 minutes before you work out. I just mix it up with water and take it before a workout. I am loving it. 2B4 is offering an exclusive limited time offer to our listeners. Big discount here, 30%. Nobody does 30%. 30% off 20 packs plus free shipping when you use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at checkout. Just go to 2B4.com. That's the number two before.com and use the code Lindsay. I know you said try to run the tangents. Do you have course specific tips for everybody running this weekend? I would say uh, just kind of the, um, in any marathon to have emotional control in that, in the first third of the race that you're surrounded by so many hyped up people. And it's so exciting to just be swallowed up in all the pomp and circumstance of that start line. The music is blaring. The beat is thumping. Everyone's jazzed to get their journeys underway. And I like to be in a space of like, this is no big deal. I mean, it's just Sunday morning. Like we're just going to go for a run. I run every Sunday morning. So we're just going to go for this run. It's no biggie. And I really downplay it in my head to kind of calm those nerves. I mean, nerves is just because you're excited. You're invested. You put in so much time and energy, emotion into this, into this journey because we've all had hard days or a, or a, um, a tiring day that we had to get in the miles regardless. And so it was, it's, to me, just making sure the first part of that journey is really subdued so that you're not burning the energy you're going to need in the later stages of the race. We are going to open this up to questions in just a couple minutes. I've got one more question for Dina and then. So start thinking and don't be shy to raise your hand. Um, Dina, you there's a picture of you with Kira D'Amato and Joan, Joan Benoit Samuelson, three American record holders in the marathon. Tell me about what it's like to be with these women, your thoughts on the history of the sport, the future of the sport, and how you feel. 
history and future is all here in one on yeah. one on one marathon weekend. Pretty amazing. Um, so we had the great privilege of being at the press conference earlier this week with the professional athletes um, in all divisions, men, women, wheelchair, and um, and Joan Benoit Samuelson the first ever gold medalist in the women's Olympic marathon. I happen to be an 11 year old girl sitting on the floor of my parents' living room, watching her come into the Coliseum to claim that medal. I became a runner later that year. So a little coincidental, I'd say. I didn't really understand the impact of it being the first ever women's race, but um, women's Olympic marathon. But my coach really inspired me to be a student of the sport. So to understand all the women that came before Joan to make that moment happen, uh, Bobby Gibb and um, Catherine Switzer and many, many more. And, uh, and so to be able to really climb up in this sport and have Joan as a mentor, because aside from the accolades of her being the American record holder and a gold medalist in the Olympics, she's an even better person. And so that take the torch from her um, was really a special moment. Got a phone call right at the finish line of the London Marathon congratulating me and giving me permission to celebrate. Um, and then 19 years later to, um, to be able to watch Kira D'Amato in Houston lower my American record and, um, and make that phone call to her to say congratulations. And tomorrow, Emily Sisson going after the American record. Um, it's just amazing that we're in a time that we can celebrate so much. We had the Berlin Marathon that um, we saw at 30 seconds go off the course record on the women's side and 30 seconds, no, three minutes off the women's course record and 30 seconds off the world record for Elliot Kipchoge. And uh, Tiga Stasefa on the women's side running I think it was a 38-minute or 35-minute personal best um, in the marathon to win there. Uh, the next weekend, it's just like weekend after weekend seeing these performances. We are in such a good time. My only um, real, I guess, uh, downfall of running Berlin was that I couldn't watch the races live. Uh, but I think we're just in a in a time that it's also condensed. The fact that that we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the 50th, 50th anniversary of the first ever um, or women being included in the New York City Marathon, um, and that these women were my mentors. And then to see the future of the sport and see how many shining performances are happening weekend after weekend, it's a long-winded way to say, wow, we are in an amazing time. So good. So good. Dina's going to be handing out medals at the finish line, right? Okay, so look for Dina when you cross the finish line. We're going to open it up now. I know some people have questions. You can clap. You can clap for Dina. <laughs> Go ahead and raise the hand. Don't be shy. We've got one up front here. Go ahead with your name and your question. Hi, my name is Erin Sablik. I'm a mom of two, and this isn't my first marathon, but it's my first marathon as a mom. Any advice about sharing this with this sport with your kids or kind of what that's like your first marathon back as a mom from either of you i love uh, <laughs> everyone yelling too <laughs> your po other podcast parody podcast no you answer it okay i'll go first um i just think it's really special to show our kids the way by doing and when they see us doing something we love rather than it being a task we have to do 
that's really special. So I always just make sure to like make my language around wanting to do this, enjoying what I do so that whatever it is that they're involved in, whether it's running or soccer or painting, they're, they're doing it because they love it, not because they feel like they are expected to do it. It's great. And I, I, I think leading by example is such an important thing. When I was at a practice, our, our school got canceled. So my daughter came to a hard practice day and I was getting my butt kicked by my much younger teammates. And I had my hands on my knees and I was like breathing heavily. And my daughter comes over and she's like, are you okay? And I just clenched my fist and said, I love the pain. And she started laughing. And then it was maybe a year that went by that she was with her friends and they were all in this great effort on the ski slopes of Mammoth Lakes, California, where we live. And we got, they got down to the bottom of the hill and all came up to me spraying me with snow. But they were all like breathing heavily. And someone asked um, Piper, I guess she fell on one of the, one of the ski jumps that they came down and they said, Piper, are you okay? And she said, I love the pain. And I was like, yes, it's working. You, I try not to like be a stickler, but even at the Berlin Marathon, I tried to get my six-star medal in 2019, and I was really gunning for it, explaining her, to her what that was, what that meant, um, to run the six greatest major marathons in the world. And, um, and I broke my ankle tripping over a dog two weeks before the race, so I couldn't run Berlin. And then the pandemic happened. And so finally, this was a shot. And I didn't want to like be a nag by saying making everything a lesson. But I heard her telling her friends, my mom tried to do this three years ago. And it really shows that if you keep your mind, if you keep persistent, that that you can get things. It may not be in your time, but you can get it in time. And I just thought, oh, my God, I'm actually doing an okay job at this this parenting thing. So leading by example is so important. And they could see us struggle and and be uncomfortable, but they should also see and share and celebrate those triumphs as well. And even on your worst day that you feel like is your worst day, you are still the best parent for your kids. Lindsay, I've got one right back here. Your name and your question, please. My name is Robert Wang. Uh, my uh, Congratulations, Dina, for your six-star medal in Berlin and your 245. My question to you is, are you going to go for the world record in your next age group? I believe it's age 50 to 59. Uh, are you going to be going for that goal? Well, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I, can, I can be enticed by any goals. I mean, it just you just sparked my interest. I'm going to Google it when we're off stage. Anybody have their phone? Want to Google that while we do the next question? I think I've got one more over here. Hi, uh, my name is Eric. Just... Uh, to you with with the kid I crossed two finish lines with my baby she's gonna be three in a couple weeks so it's the best thing so if you ever get the chance to do it do it um sorry I cry thinking about congratulations it. <laughs> thank you um so my question is like my last marathon three three weeks ago I began struggling after mile 20 21 I know I didn't eat enough in the morning and I didn't have enough nutrition um so once you get to like mile 20 21 I know you got to dig deep but it's like how I know you're an elite athlete. How do you really dig deep? Like when, when you're almost there, but you're struggling, your body's like, you need to give up. How do you do it? Yeah. I mean, if it's a nutrition thing, I would say to try to get those calories in early because you don't want to get to that point. But if you're in it, try to get the calories that you can that are available on the course. I remember a friend who, um, 
at the, in the 1500 meters at the Olympic trials in 2000, he got in the top three, but he didn't have the time standard. And at the time you could go over to Europe and chase the time standard. And he chased it and he chased it. This one event we were at in Belgium, we were watching the clock and ticking down and he's coming down the home stretch and he crossed the finish line and we were like, we think he got it. And he's laying there on the track with his chest heaving and the scoreboard flashes his time and he was one tenth of a second, one one hundredth of a second off of the time that he needed. And his response was, I left one noodle on my plate last night and that was the energy I needed to break that that time barrier today. And it just shows that nutrition is so important. Those calories, that energy really matters. And so making sure you're eating a, a viable, you know, you might be nervous tonight, so you're not feeling that hungry. You feel more nervous, but getting that, getting those carbohydrates in. And when you wake up in the morning, just a couple weeks ago, seeing that sitting in the dining hall where they were serving the athletes breakfast in the morning and seeing this leaning tower of toast that an East African was bringing to his table, I was like holding my breath until he finally set it down, knowing that it made it there on time. But and then piles of rice, it's like they really get that nutrition is part of the game. And so just making sure you're getting your carbs in um, Tonight is important, the morning is important, and along the course, getting in those calories, whether it's through fluids or goos or whatever whatever you have planned, it's really a vital part of the game. It's an energy game. Our bodies weren't meant to go 26.2 miles, so those carbohydrates are vital, but don't wait too late in the game to take them. One more question. We've got time for one more. Who's, whose hand's going to go up first? Oh, here it is. Hi, Dina. My name's Phil. Uh, I'm a four-time Fred's team finisher in New York. So I was great. I was lucky enough to meet Greta before she unfortunately passed and told Fred's team stories and Fred LeBeau stories. And shortly thereafter, I was able to meet Bill Rogers at a fleet feed. And I thought, they're so humble for being two of the greatest runners ever. I would love to have run with them in their prime. So the question is, if you could have someone in history, a distance runner, whether a marathon or a shorter distance or even an ultra runner, who would you run with and why? Thank you. Oh, so I was going to say, and for anybody that doesn't know, Greta Veitz, nine-time winner of the New York City Marathon. She's um, passed away since, but um, but an incredible runner. I was going to say Maya Angelou, but you said they had to be a runner, so now I feel stumped. Um, I would, I think Emil Zatopek. Emil Zatopek, um, to me, it was his head that was his strongest attribute, not necessarily his physiology. And it was just so headstrong and defiant and completely dismissive of any doubt um, that he could accomplish his wildest dreams. So I think he comes to mind first. And what's your last message to leave with the audience today? I would say to be your best self out there because that's the person that you're going to be proud of when that medal's dangling around your neck and you're walking home or back to your hotel room. So be your best self. The sport gives you that opportunity and, um, and you have the opportunity tomorrow to make that shine through. Dina Castor, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dina, for always being amazing. Uh, thank you to the Chicago Marathon for having me come on stage at the expo and talk with these incredible people. Friends, go to sandyboyproductions.com to learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. 
that is one of the best ways to connect with me, or you can shoot me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks so much for being here, and we will see you next week on I'll Have Another.